welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Springer. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be with you. Good to be with you. Yeah, that we just had a little scare. You, you almost you didn't connect with me. Uh, we had a little technological issues. And by the way, Maria's not with us tonight. She's had another obligation. But we do have Casey Campbell. Hey, Casey, how you doing? Hey, oh. Gene. Jerry, how are you guys? Well, that's a oh, downgrade, but okay. Hey, Casey. Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> no, hey, hey, uh, hey. Casey's our uh, music coordinator, and we're very happy to have him. He's going to yeah. do a song for us a little bit later on, too. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, Jerry, and Casey, maybe the same question to you, but both of you guys look at Jerry. Clearly, you've been groomed because you said last week you were going to get a uh, store-bought haircut. You had an appointment yeah. <laughs> with yeah. a stylist. And Casey, yeah. did you get trimmed too? Or I don't know. Look at that. I, I, took, I took some of my chin off, yeah. Yeah, I get yeah. a little my, beard My trim. mask. Yeah, my mask fits better this way. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. That's that is, you know, that must have been a problem. It Well, you know, uh, really? I laughed. Yeah, I laughed about it um, back in February, but early on, the CDC uh, let out a notice that people should trim their beards uh, because of of that reason, that mere mask would fit better and it traps particles and things like that. And I'm not going to lie, I was one of those guys who kind of laughed at it, but uh, now that I wear a mask on a regular, it fits a lot better if I don't have my beard down to here. So I uh, trimmed up, but I kept my mustache. I I had to do something. Maybe you could wear a mask on the top part of your face. <laughs> oh. oh man, why do oh. I do that? I love oh, no. Casey. Uh, why not, is I'm, an, that? I'm an easy. I'm an easy setup, Jerry. It's okay. No, yeah. It's just not right. I was no. made to be a straight man. I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Jerry. Uh, and, yeah. and by the way, uh, we're going to hear Casey do some music later on. We're going to hear Jerry's comments from the bunker, as we've been calling them lately. And we're really looking forward to this one because uh, as we record this, let's see, what is it, uh, June 2nd? Go ahead, the date. June 2nd, correct. So this episode will come out tomorrow on June 3rd, and that puts us uh, maybe eight days, nine days into a going on two-week-long protest over uh, the killing of uh, George Floyd in uh, Minnesota. Right. And one police officer has been indicted on a couple of uh, murder counts, uh, kind of a little bit lower grade than what some people think. And three other officers are waiting their fate. So the, all the shoes haven't dropped yet, I guess is what I'm saying. At least that's how a lot of Americans are feeling. So we're going to ask Jerry to weigh in on that. Looking forward to his analysis of uh, that situation. Before we do that, we had a little fun last episode when we saw and we put it on our website and if you haven't seen it listeners please go to jerryspringer.com you got to see this <laughs> it's a tiktok it's a tiktok video and last week there were like when we did the episode i don't know 13 million views and a bunch of millions of likes as well and uh 
so I, I looked at that and thought, oh, my God, because we got an e- email and from an NBC person, I guess we can say that, Jerry, that said yeah. he was among the top five NBC celebrities and probably surpassing some of the in the top five. So Jerry Springer has an appeal for TikTok <laughs> videos. Yeah. So Jerry, oh, yeah. I, was, I was thinking, man, why are we stopping there? What, uh, we, we can do more. <laughs> you can do more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a couple thoughts, though. Oh, I you bet think? you do. <laughs> I, I let you take tick tock. Here come yeah, your yeah, thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, well, look, well, I, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying that was a, uh, you know, that lightning struck once. <laughs> right, yeah, and if I, I, I if I do it again, Believe me, lightning will strike me. <laughs> I don't think would... they're going to be able to resist this one, though. Oh, this what? is so easy. Well, some of the obvious ones, what we call the low-hanging fruit, would be to have you do your Elvis impersonation of "Love Me Tender." That that would be so easy. You put your collar up. You yeah, well, your, yeah, you that's yeah, that's uh, you know, who's going to watch that? I mean, I sound exactly like Elvis would have sounded at 76. So yeah, I, I've nailed it. I've nailed you got it. it. But there's uh, another one though. What's Here's another one? one? Because this was a phenomenal idea. Yeah, go well, ahead. Here, here. Now this is a good one actually. We call it the Jerry Springer challenge and we set it up as see if any other celebrity can do this or any other just regular person. I have seen you do this and we got you to do it once on the podcast. And tell me if I have the number of seconds right within 60 seconds, maybe it's less, without any scripts, without looking at a computer, cheating on your phone. Right now, I know you can do it. I can start the clock and in 60 seconds from start to finish, you can name the 45 presidents of the United States of America in perfect order. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't think anybody can do that. Yeah, well, there probably are people that can do that. But here's the point. It doesn't work on a podcast. It works like if if you're on a TV show and it's a live show and suddenly the host turns to you unbeknownst to me, which is what happened. And they just because someone had called in, hey, have them do that. And then live in front of an audience, you got to suddenly do it. That's a challenge. But if you do it in a podcast where 95 percent of the people tuning into a podcast, it's like radio. It, you know, I could be sitting here just reading. <laughs> it's not going to have the same, you know, who's going to tune that in? Wow, I got to be one of the 12 million people to tune this in to watch Jerry Springer read all of our presidents. See, that's why you got to think, you got to think media. You got to okay. think. This right. is why. I got we, it. I got it. Yeah. This is why I'm the producer. This is, this yeah. is why I'm the producer <laughs> yeah. that, get, that gets virtually no emails. Hey, yeah. stand on your head and recite Genesis. Do it now. That's a tricky way. That's a tricky way to do ahead with to, to do away with Jews. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh my you wouldn't God. ask someone doing the New Testament to do that. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Uh, you just always got to gotta get us. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you your pick Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Do one of them. 
Hey, yeah. uh, I don't know. So you do know the names of the Beatles? I, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, that was, oh, I'm sorry. My favorite hey. was always Matthew, by the way. Of the was Beatles. it really? Yeah. The, my well, favorite Beatles. So, yeah, my favorite Beatles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, boy, it's funny, isn't Not funny. But attention has shifted instantly from a pandemic to, and this is a bit of a lead into what, asking you to do some comments on the historic events of the last week and week and a half. Mm -hmm. But man, things have yeah. just switched like on a dime. And it's what's scary is, in case you referenced wearing masks earlier. I wonder what we're going to see, if any, maybe we won't see anything. That would be wonderful, by the way. Any kind of an uptick because of the thousands, if not millions of people that have been in close proximity to uh, voice their American opinions on yeah. America's situation at the moment. But you know, a lot of people are wearing masks in the protests. I'm just watching. I'm what? Are you guys glued to protests as I am? It's not entertainment. Not suggesting yeah. that. Yeah, I, I can't well, stop watching yeah. it. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, me too. And it's just been so much a part of our lives. You know, this is this can be any decade. It's like we don't have something brand new happening. Yeah. It's like yeah. here we go again. I've seen this movie before, except it's yeah. real life. And what's interesting. The, it shows you how deep the cancer is in our soul, in, in the DNA of America, that whatever else is going on, even something as big as a pandemic, when that is suddenly touched, yeah. boom, it overrides everything else. It's and isn't that, you're right, Jerry, what a huge thing to override. It's almost unimaginable. Yeah. It's just because that it's built in. It's built yeah. in that never goes away. A black person never stops being black. Yeah, correct. Yeah. You know, there's no, no, there's no time out. Well, there are other issues. No, even, you know, there's a world war. There's a depression. There's everything America has ever been through. We still have to face that issue. And, uh, you know, so. But now I can say, uh, Gene, you mentioned about like protesters and masks and things like that. We, uh, Jessica and I were at the protest on Sunday downtown. In downtown Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati, yeah. Okay. So uh, there we ended up around, uh, I think they said about 3,000 people. You know, two to two to three is what they expected or what they have estimated that March at last I saw. Yes. Um, I will say that uh, mask-wise, nine out of ten people were, were wearing masks. Um, Interesting. People, people cool. were, you know, taking that part seriously. Yeah. Um, I, and, and I'll just also personally say that we've, Jessica and I've been very careful. Uh, her mother works uh, with the elderly. We know people who are uh, compromised. So we've, we've been careful. We've not been sterile, but we've been very careful yeah. when we've had to go out and, you know, we don't go out uh, as a couple. We haven't gone out as a couple anywhere. If we have to go to the store, one person goes and we yeah. don't, we don't risk doing that. But, but we knew that we had to, we had that was a risk that we were absolutely willing to take on Sunday because we were pushed to the point of just having to verbally be a part of something that said this this has to stop. You know, yeah. So. Interesting. Good, good for you. Good. Good for you. Yeah, and 
because I was going to ask you, Casey, because Jerry, I know you and I, because some of these we have done together and over the years, you and I uh, oh, yeah. have been involved in a, in a lot of uh protests on a lot of issues uh including this issue and and others and anti-war stuff and uh and i wondered if it was a generational thing of course it isn't because the movements yeah. of late and i'm not just talking about the last week and a half but uh this has been going on for i don't know the last five years uh mm. and casey you've been you've walked in other demonstrations yourself i know you have Correct. And, yep. And, and and on the right, the Tea Party, you know, they've had theirs in the last 10, 15 years. So uh, it's the American way. In fact, maybe that's the lead in, Jerry, as you have been yeah. watching, as we all have, all of this on television. Uh, what has it made you think and maybe more importantly feel? Uh, I really have worked hard on what I've written. In other words, this one okay. wasn't just a, a Pavlovian response to, oh, Trump or whatever, and quickly throw something out, which comes off the top of my head very easily. This one, I really worked on it the whole week, you know, as a, in a sense, a project, because I, I really wanted to be exact in my words. Um, and, uh, okay, so I'll go ahead with it, and, and, and you'll see. Uh, friends often tell me, uh, family members as well, that uh, I tend to live in the past. You know, even jokingly, they say, I'm always talking about what happened in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, why when I was young, et cetera. But this week, I don't have to go back to the past because it's come to visit me, or rather us, riots and burning cities over the issue of race. No question, we've seen this often in our past, but now it's become a reoccurring event of our present, Blacks killed by whites, often by police. Community leaders call for calm. Eventually it comes. There are some reforms, but basically, to be honest, we inevitably go back to a society where the violence against blacks is a constant. And it's not just guns or knees on a black man's neck. This repression is institutional. It sucks the air out of black people's lives smothering most opportunities of securing whatever's left of the American dream. We white people, while bemoaning and decrying the outrageous behavior of an individual police officer, and then predictably offering the requisite hopes and prayers to the victim's family, too many of us, as soon as the dust settles, retreat back to the comfort of our normalcy, where we tolerate an immoral lack of concern for how unfairly blacks are treated in our society. Be it our criminal justice system, housing, healthcare, pandemic fatalities, education, unemployment, indeed, whatever the crisis that bedevils our nation, inevitably most of the pain disproportionately falls on black Americans. That is the truth. And the only time any attention is paid to this circumstance is when a particular act is brought to our attention that is so heinous and so striking that our national conscience is stirred from its sleep. Look, race has always been a cancer on America's soul. Racism has been with us since our birth. It's in our DNA, the Constitution, slavery, the Jim Crow laws, segregation, 
For the longest time, nothing much had been done about it. And then for the first time in the early 60s, a majority of Americans had a television set. And suddenly every night on the evening news, we saw a film of a Southern sheriff or Southern state police with their nightsticks drawn, beating up on little black children who were simply trying to go to school. You didn't have to be a flaming liberal to see the horror in that. It was no longer just a Southern problem. We could no longer say we didn't know. The whole country was now aware. So when President Kennedy went on national primetime television and spoke to the nation on the moral necessity of passing the Civil Rights Act, our country was finally moved to do something. The power of this new medium, television, became a force for good. And now in a similar fashion, the medium of today, social media, with all its obvious failings and abuses, at least in this case, has become a force for good because the whole world suddenly sees what happened on a tiny street corner in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And the reaction is, of course, obvious. Of course, people are outraged, particularly African-Americans who live with this every day, or at least the fear of it. Do we know, do any of us know one single black person who doesn't have a story about how mom or dad sat down with their young teenage boy to have, quote, the talk? When my dad sat down with me to have the talk, it was about sex. But no, in black homes, the talk is about don't be running on the street after dark, never give attitude to an officer, just yes, sir, no, sir. You see, in many communities, the institutional knee is always on a black man's neck. So why wouldn't they be moved to demonstrate and protest? Indeed, if what happened to George Floyd happened to you, wouldn't your family protest? Which brings me to the point I want to be making this week. Once again, in a time of crisis, we are left leaderless. At a time where our nation needs a president more than ever, needs a leader who can bring us together, we don't have one. We have a buffoon who pours gasoline on cities already burning. Instead of speaking to the pain and suffering Black Americans must be feeling, the injustices they still do to this day suffer, how we are determined as a nation to rectify these inequalities, his only response is to appeal to his right-wing white supremacists, we've got vicious dogs and unbelievably powerful weapons. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. Bring it on. Oh, he had no problem with his gun-toting Trumpians protecting or protesting last week at the state capitals to open up <coughs> in spite of health hazards. But now suddenly, protesters are thugs. And Vice President Pence, like a lapdog, runs to Trump's defense. Oh, we totally support peaceful protests. Oh, yeah? Remember a few months ago when Pence dramatically walked out of a Colts 49er football game when Colin pa uh, Kaepernick got down on one knee during the national anthem protesting police violence? I mean, is there any protest more peaceful than getting down on one knee? And yet, he made a big scene of it, did Pence. Got up, walked out. 
Apparently, according to this administration, protests are fine, so long as the protesters are white and preferably not Democrats. Let's face it, the dishonesty, corruption, and staggering incompetence that flows from the White House has torn our country apart at the seams. The economy has tanked, unemployment worse than the Great Depression, the initially ignored pandemic has left over 100,000 Americans dead, and now our streets are flooded with riots. Trump got the people out of their homes after all. Look, America can still be that shining city on a hill, but when the dust settles and the smoke clears, unless we as a nation tackle this curse of racism and inequality in the legislation we pass, the budgets we adopt, and the people we elect. The light that emanates from that hill will merely be the flames of our burning cities. Good Lord, four more years of this and we'll be nothing but ashes. It's the truth. All right, Jerry. Good thoughts, yeah. Well, well, all right then. Casey, let's transition over to some music. Uh, and again, Casey Campbell is the uh, music coordinator for the Jerry Springer podcast, but is himself a uh, well-known, revered uh, singer-songwriter. And uh, Casey, uh, what are you going to do yeah, for us tonight? Um, and uh, I'm going to talk a little a bit on the other off side. Of the Price Hill Hustle's latest album up tonight. It's a song I wrote <clears throat> called Ain't No Need. Um, an intentional double negative there. Uh, but, uh, good. Uh, John Prine was always a very big influence okay. uh, for me. Uh, I always wanted to, or, or, or has been in this part of my career, I should say. And I would always wanted to write a song that I thought John Prine would get a kick out of if he got to hear it. So this is, uh, this was sort of my first attempt at doing that. And based on, uh, just a couple little incidences that happened, um, uh, happened in my kitchen in Norwood and I uh, ended up writing a song about it. So. There it is. All right, Casey Campbell, Ain't No Need. One, two, three. with her stove off and rolls her eyes when she asks me for a light yes and sometimes she laughs at me when i take my clothes off and i'll be lucky if cc's pen on a friday night with alarm clocks ringing in my ear every morning long before the sun's up chasing dreams we would hold off till the She would ask me for her coffee and our best to go cup And I would give my voice if she could find a way home again Oh, but you came with on a star Once you pulled it from the sky You can't hold out for forever You can't let a day go by You know tomorrow brings tomorrow Could not catch it if you tried Ain't no need to say I love you
Well, you know that I've given her every single reason she could need to leave town. You know she had every chance on earth to run. But she stood by me, so now I'm swearing that I'm never gonna be a letdown. And from here to my last breath, she's the only one. Oh, how quickly lives are gonna pass us by. We don't stop to pay attention. Oh, how quickly those we love the most will forget. We don't mention all the good that love has brought us. Just how far we have to go. So kiss those you can and remember when it almost wasn't so. Uh, original song ain't no need and uh casey wanted to uh ask you these days and as of uh june 3rd when this episode breaks we are still Correct. in kind of a double pandemic uh Correct. so we're still pretty much at home around the country not totally but a uh, fair amount so uh but we know we're not back to having sadly live performances in small venues kind of places small and medium-sized venues kind of places where you perform so where can people hear you these days under those circumstances um all the usual uh spots uh itunes spotify all that stuff under casey campbell you can go to my website casey-campbell.com um and uh Anything that you uh, may download from my website, uh, I uh, actually am uh, uploading a couple uh, new things here in the next few days, but I'm going to start donating a lot of my money toward the causes that are going on now, the bailout funds, uh, the ACLU and things like that. I'm going to just start funneling some of my digital earnings uh, toward, toward what's going on now, because as you said, we're not, we're not on the road. We're not in a normal fashion, uh, whether it's the, the viral pandemic or this just kind of uh powder keg that we're all sitting on with you know the the current events and the protests going on which uh, I fully support and and kind of plan on getting more involved in and so while music is down for me on a touring level I'm going to start uploading more music onto my website and onto uh, platforms that will directly benefit uh, all of these things going on because uh, I've I've felt as I'm sure a lot of people have maybe especially people my age because it's it's you know, sort of made our sort of our first time around some of this rodeo of just really having this stuff explode underneath us. Um, I've, I have felt at times helpless, you know, my wife and I have just almost felt helpless uh, with feeling like we just can't do enough to make a, an actual difference. But I, I am a firm believer in art and the power of art and the power of music. And so that's what I'm going to try to 
maybe focus my efforts on? That is so great, Casey, because, um, you know, in Gene and my generation, the music, the folk music became a powerful mm-hmm. force of the whole movement of civil rights, anti-war. I mean, that was the literally the popular music of the day. So with what everything that's going on yep, now, indeed. wow, we turn to you and say, yeah, create and, 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 and lead the charge musically, which is a powerful way to inspire people. Yes. It, and Jerry, let me, let me echo that. Uh, the two things, one, Casey, and not to put you on the spot, but I guess Jerry's saying, and I would agree with this, we would wish that singer-songwriters of all ages today much like Jerry suggests happened in the old days, would use your songwriting skills, not only donate some of your money, uh, which is wonderful, by the way, I applaud you for that, but also use your skills to generate some songs that carry that message. And another thing, and this is a compliment to you and Jessica and people your age, you guys are carrying this. I got eyes, dude. I'm watching this on television. It is not my age group. Yeah. You know, we, we did our deal and some of us are still out there, you know, when we can to do stuff uh, of marching and, and, you know, putting our body on the line, swelling the ranks, no violence. Yeah. And I know you are that same way. You and Jessica, we're not talking about breaking stuff, looting anybody. That's not our deal. Never has been. And it's not the deal. Of ninety percent of the protesters is not a higher percent. It is not. But Casey, God bless you guys because it is you guys who are doing this. You don't have to sit around like sometimes I hear my daughter say, "Oh man, I wish I was back there in the '60s with you guys because that's when all the big things, the big ideas, you know, the intellectual explosions were." No, it's right. Now it's 2020 and we're still fighting this. Correct. That's, I what said, the freak is wrong I with said, us? Is I said those. People. I said those exact same words to Jessica and I as we were marching uh, Sunday. I said, I cannot believe it's 2020, and I look back at the. I look back at what felt. Of course, when you're 10 years old, learning about it for the first time, it feels like ancient history. The 60s do. Yeah. But you know, I'm 10 years old, learning about this stuff that was. 35 years in my past and now here I am 30 years in the future and I I I almost just feel like I'm in some sort of surreal moment of how are we still where we are we know better than to be where we are right now and uh that frustration is palpable and especially for younger generations and you know you're talking about a lot of college educated people who have very little work prospects, very little income opportunity, you know, at times, I mean, a lot of underemployed people, you know, in this demographic. So you've got people who are educated enough to know that the system as it's built right now is failing them and they're frustrated and they're seeing violence and they're seeing this antagonistic attitude from what are supposed to be the people leading us into the future. And it's, it's, it's palpable. It, really it is. is. And I, um, yeah. So, Hey, Jerry, uh, let me ask you this question, Jerry, related to what Casey's talking about. Do you and Casey believe as president Barack Obama does, because he said it the other day that this incident and in, on the streets of uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 
that it is the turning point. It is a cultural turning point. This ends this year. There is so much attention being brought to this, and it's going to take some national standards about police practices. Mm -hmm. It's going to make it, things have to become easier for those occasional rogue cops that do this, that they go to jail, not just lose their job, they go to jail. I can name officers in Cincinnati, Ohio, I can name one for sure, 2001, that shot an unarmed man in an alley, and not only did not go to jail, worked in several suburban police districts after that. I can name another one. It's got to stop. (laughs) The one in 2015 who shot Sam DuBose was just awarded $350,000 in back pay and uh, recompense. I mean, that, that, that is a clear indication that someone's not paying attention and it happens to the same communities over and over again. And now, you know, it, 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 there's almost a, I don't want to say guilt, but there's this, there's this reckoning that's been happening inside of me that my friends in that community, I've let down by my silence or by my maybe passivity in some of this stuff. And I think you're right. I think this moment, I think the killing of uh, Breonna Taylor in Louisville, uh, that, that is another powder keg moment of the police barging into her, her home and killing her while she's asleep. Um, you know, these, these moments uh, have just ignited this feeling of inequality. It is just, it is an unequal playing field when it comes to, to, to this game. And I, th- I, think you're exactly it's right. Not, I, I do think it's a turning and point. It's I hope it is. The first step, or certainly a step within the next four or five months, because frankly, if the right thing doesn't happen five months from now, or four months ago, four months from now, when people go into the voting booth, then the protest means Correct. nothing. Because the reality is, the people that are in charge the people that make the laws, that pass the budgets, that, that decide how school funding's gonna go, that decide how housing's gonna go, that decide how everything in our society, which has kept minorities and African-Americans down and to benefit a few at the top, if that power structure doesn't change, it's over, forget I mean, can you imagine four more years where this Justice Department can just go crazy, where there are no restraints on it anymore because they don't have to worry about trying to be reelected? Four more years. So people could hate politics. But I'm saying to young people, I don't care how much you hate it. If you're serious about these issues and you get upset because the president of the United States of America uses troops to push away, hose down, tear gas, hit him with pellets to clear a street so that he can walk across the street and have a photo opportunity. This is dictatorship. This is crazy. Why we tolerate it. So everybody's got to get out there and vote. When you get George Will today, yes, sir. 
a lifelong, probably the most articulate yeah. conservative in America. Nobody writes as well as he does. He's an incredible, where I agree with him on virtually no issue, <laughs> except, except <laughs> his dignity for what our country's supposed to be. And he is saying, he left the Republican Party. He said the only way this is going to stop is not just if the president is removed, but if all his enablers are as well. We will be having this discussion for the next four years, and then it's too late. I, I, we just got to get out. Yes. We, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but this, you want to do something? The first thing is make sure everybody gets out and vote and votes on this issue. Vote. Uh, one last question, Jerry. Uh, d you've been around politics forever, and you know what uh, the enthusiasm gap is in politics. The party that has the most enthusiasm among their voters is the party that clearly has the advantage, if not wins every time. There's a likability factor, and then there's the enthusiasm factor. This situation, do you agree, sets up, we can't predict what happens even psychologically to the masses in the next several months, but I believe, based on what you just said, I do believe there's going to be huge enthusiasm. It's got to be. It's You've got to be a total wacko to not reach the yeah. conclusion when you're not trying to reach an, win an argument with a family member or a friend. You're just being honest with yourself. No one who cares about America can think that what has been going on is a good thing, is, is being handled in a good way, that we're going in the right direction, that we're better off now than we were four years ago. No one can think that. So we're not asking people to change parties. We're saying in this election, throw out the people that are in there. Throw them out. Otherwise, elections mean nothing. If you're allowed to be reelected, after this kind of a performance, which rips America apart, then why do we vote? It doesn't matter then. The, we don't care Exactly about right. Who, do you, yeah. who do you blame then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who do you blame then? Yes. And it's not, uh, as you say, it's not only uh, the president at the top. It's the vast majority of Republican senators and congresspersons, the vet, not everyone, because there are some interesting uh, statements coming out today from only several, but yeah. from several uh, GOP senators. But the vast majority have supported this, including his clearing the path to St. John's Episcopal Church, where the bishop yeah. has spent the day saying, we don't want, we didn't want yeah. you and here. Yep. And the troops came so, in, the troops um, came in and yeah. guess the church people on their own property. They got oh, them off God. of their own land. Right. I mean, can you imagine breaking into a church and, yep. and get and out of here? And his base considers themselves yeah. a Christian base. It's, and then he's holding up the Bible. Oh. He didn't know which well, way to hold pretty, it. I mean, who gets fooled by that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable events, uh, folks. It, it is, uh, it's history in its uh, ugliest form, to be honest. Uh, it is what it is. And next week when we gather, and we hope you'll come back and listen 
a week from uh, Wednesday when these things break. And we'll see where we are then, hopefully in a better place. Casey Campbell, hey. will you take us out on down by the riverside and Jerry Springer will jump in on a verse. That sounds good. It's been great to talk to you all again. Let's sing some songs. All right? Likewise. All right. Here we go. Down, down by the riverside. See you, Jerry. Well, I'm going to lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. I'm going to lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside. Sword and shield